G'day, mates. Well, Saudi Arabia, it's ruining lives. I mean, people are leaving clubs left, right and centre. No one is safe. The transfer window, it continues to wreak havoc. But in good news, Europe, it's not too far away. The Jupiler League kicks off in probably, what, just a couple of weeks. Uh, look, the American madness is well and truly underway. They're scoring bangers at goals left, right and centre. But... Uh... G'day, mates. Well, here we are, the Serena Underboys in the flesh. In the flesh. I've got my Melbourne jersey on. I am in Melbourne. It's cold, it's overcast, it's grey, but wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So where the bloody hell are you? I'm just waiting for a mate. Next to a very swole looking Simon. <laughs> so either I have hit the gym uh, every day in Europe while I've been away. You're, you're nothing but the giant muscle. Or, Alistair, you forgot that Japanese sizes don't exactly correlate to that of the everyday Australian male because no. uh, this medium, which mediums normally fit quite nicely, is it's giving a, a fair tight. little tug to the old biceps and chest region. <laughs> yeah, no, look, the thought was there. I thought, I'll get Simon a little early birthday present. We all know how much we both love the GOAT show Sasaki. He scored 100 the other week, and I was like, I think we need to get ourselves you know, a little commemorative jersey. Uh, yeah, didn't take into account that um, in Japan, Simon would, would be considered somewhat of a behemoth. <laughs> a giant man amongst the regular folk, they would say. Yeah, so, you know, unless Simon does some serious weight loss, uh, this is what we're stuck with. He kind of looks like a kind of strange uh, puffy midget, So, we'll, but we'll push on. <laughs> <laughs> Might actually take a quick break to get changed. It's very tight. It's actually really okay. uncomfortable. I'll hold the fort. <laughs> take your clothes off. Um. All right. Much better. Much Back better. into the, uh, the trusty Wolfsburg green. The underdogs. So, Thank Simon, you. tell me. How's your uh, how's your week of Sareb been? Yeah, look, it's uh, after the roller coaster of two weekends ago, sort of back to normality, back to not winning, but it's a regular safe feeling. I think I, I think I actually prefer it because it, you know, I start the weekend off, players are out, they score twenty points, and there's no hope. Mm. You know, it's kind of the hope that kills you, as we've found. Um, so it's kind of be nice just losing and losing without too much fuss. You flew too close to the sun, and now you basically just are never going to shoot for those stars again. But he's entering 240 lineups forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even want to get near a podium. We did have the conversation this weekend. Uh, you had what was potentially, again, probably the, much the same kind of, probably actually a stronger lineup than the one that you know finished in the top 50 with a few weekends ago. Um, but you decided to err on the side of absolute safety, and you've just rolled out the most vanilla cap 240 team of all time so i guess it's safe to say you're uh, excited for europe to come back yes absolutely i don't want anyone that's got the potential to go big i want my kota watanabe's <laughs> uh your jamiro monteros who don't go anywhere near the ball or anywhere near a goal scoring situation i want them to just plot around get me a nice 45 and it makes me feel safe i mean that's the most important thing well you should be afraid of taking risks and pursuing something meaningful 
it mightn't be a bad strategy actually to go for those middle of the road plotters because we all know what happens if you start scoring goals and you know getting a bit of repute about your name. You just go to Saudi Arabia. Just go to Saudi Arabia. So look, whilst you know people might laugh at your lineup of uh, Mauricio Pereira, <laughs> Johnny Russell, and you know Milton Casco. <laughs> That might be the only players left on the platform that in is, a couple of months' time. It's absolute chaos out there at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, during the week, it was announced that Dusan Tadic, I know we've spoken about him, I was going to get one in, ready for Europe. Uh, free agent, wants to leave Ajax. So, yeah. no longer the rule number one. Yeah, it's quite strange to see all his, like, you know, heartfelt videos and tributes and stuff that he's making to the club. And it's like, you decided to leave. You were not happy. You, didn't, you thought the club was shit. You thought they didn't bring in enough good enough players. So you bailed. So I think there's going to be like a lot of Soru managers that are waiting with bated breath to see where Dusan goes. I mean, you were going to buy one. So I think the moral of this story at the moment is that until like, what is it, mid-September when the transfer window ends, I don't think we should be buying anyone. No one's safe. If mm. Dusan Tadic, Dusan Tadic, I would have put him up as like, the safest player on the platform to buy. And he's gone. Yeah, I think the fact that we're like, oh, he's got a contract, he's locked in. He's the captain. And, and then he's just he's like... the heart and soul of Ajax. Because he's the kind of player I could totally see going to Saudi. Yeah, 100%. towards the end of his career. Towards the end of his career, still like a big name. Mm, yeah, so it's going to be very interesting. I think if he goes to Saudi, there's going to be some riots. There's going to be some so rare community riots. So fingers crossed he stays and goes somewhere decent. Because it would be a shame to see such a so rare goat die. A few minutes later. Well, I didn't know all that, so I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe a good tactic for scouting so rare players at the moment is like follow them on Instagram, and if they seem like they're all about the Benjamins, baby, they're all about the, you know, the jewelry and the cars and the and the mansions, they're probably going to go to Saudi Arabia. Good point. It's a good point because like the money is just ridiculous. I mean, Jordan Henderson's. Um, rumored to be going there, mm-hmm. like they're just gobbling them up left, right, and center. Mm. What you want is a man, like a nice family man, lots of pictures of dogs, backyards, birthday cakes. <laughs> you know, a real Jassy Zardes type. Got the know? postcode tatted on his wrist. That's it. <laughs> Jassy Zardes is not going to Saudi Arabia. I can guarantee it. He's too much of a family man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one thing we know about Jassy is uh, just loves to nice and humble, <laughs> lay low. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so we're in Melbourne. Oh, sorry, oh, go on. Okay, don't please talk about Melbourne. I've got something to bring up. No, you go then. I didn't know where I was going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> we are in Melbourne. I was winging it. Now, I was going to say some very exciting news for you in the midweek. Your golden boy, your special, special boy. He's my special boy. You've been holding on to that super rare. Xavier Mercier is leaving the Hungry Football League. There couldn't be better news than that. Well, I mean, again, my streak of bylows, Justin bylows, Sel Hayes, is un- unmatched. Last week, it was just last week that I was saying, buy your Xavier Mercier's, go out there. He's, I think he was like 0.01 at the time. He's leaving Hungary. There's a strong chance he comes back to Belgium. And yeah, the word on the street is that he's going to sign for the newly promoted team in Belgium. So, so hang on, you're saying he could be a main man. He could be a main man. He could very well be a main man. And there's one thing we know, 
Elsie, you love a main man. I do love a main man. <laughs> That's not your mother. It's a man, baby. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> no, it's exciting. It's exciting. I think he's super rare, still very cheap. Very cheap. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you could do a lot worse. Um, we will uh, talk a little bit about kind of some budget picks coming up, but I think Xavier Mercier is one who, he's he's quality. Loves a good free kick. Loves a, loves a banger from distance. So, yeah, it was great news. It's, it's always nice to know that you haven't completely thrown money down the drain. Yeah, it's always well. It is nice. <laughs> it is really nice. Now, I'll say, I mean, we've it's pretty well publicised how I, how much I hate the American season, the MLS trying to play Serrera and MLS. In my opinion, just doesn't work. Maybe I've just got bad strategy rolling out a Mauricio Pereira and that. But I will say. I don't know if you saw the video on Instagram of the goals of the year contenders. Mm. Some absolute bangers. Absolute bangers. Which one was your personal favourite? I mean, the Almada free kick was pretty nuts. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. That's like, that's where you like look at someone, you're like, that's not just like a, you know, you've put one on the volley, a bit of a lucky shot. Like that's, he's too good. He's too good for this level. <laughs> Almada goes for it. Diago <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was ridiculous, and he seems to do that every week as well, which is which is bonkers. Um, yeah, there's some good ones in there. There was one, uh, one of <laughs> Simon rolls his eyes, but it's true. There was one goal in there. Miguel Barry's goal. Um, we'll share the uh, the highlights reel with everyone. I have scored an exactly identical goal to that. <laughs> ah, he's full of shit. <laughs> I think in your message you're like. I don't want to say look a dickhead, but <laughs> I did that. Yeah, I did. That's basically my goal. It's just, you know, Miguel Berry doing it instead of me. Romney able to get his head to it only as far as Berry. Miguel Berry! Him, you know, him being a professional footballer, you playing in some Sunday Arvo league. But, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Wednesday night league. <laughs> Sorry. But, yes, Europe is back. Yes. Next week, next weekend, du- Duplo League is back. So... You'll have two keepers. Conjacaro <laughs> back in. Let's go. That's if you, I'm assuming he's still. Yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> Actually, I haven't heard anything about him. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm only one piece there. I, I really do like the idea of a Ghent stack this year. Really liking the look of their lineup, especially if they can manage to hold on to Koipers. I think they'll probably sell Gift or Barn, but if they've got Koipers up front, Tissadali is a player that I've had my eye on. I want to, he's coming back from an ACL. Could be a good one to pick up. Pair them up with my uh, Julian Desart. Maybe get a Sven Coombs in there just for fun. Isn't he like um, 40 now? Yeah, but he's, you know, <laughs> quality never never ages, mate. Not the cum, not the cum master. <laughs> what? I haven't heard that before. This is what he's known to as he, by his family. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's known to his family as the cum master. He's the master of the Cums household. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to hang out despite that joke. <laughs> okay. All righty. So, what have we got this week? Well, I think it's sort of looking towards Europe. So, it's basically at the moment, we've got Jubilee League and then what comes back after that? Uh, I think... There's like Jupiler League, the Croatian League comes back a little early. Um, I think the Danish League comes back next, or maybe even, yeah, next weekend the Danish League comes back. 
Then I think there's like two or three weeks before all the rest come back. So like Eredivisie, Portuguese yeah. league is kind of like mid-August. So. so we're pretty close to that all kicking back. Are you sort of happy with your strategy that you've done of, I remember a little while ago, you were like, I'm not going to try and improve on my gallery. I'm just going to sit tight until Europe. Do you think that's been the right play in hindsight looking back now? Uh, I think so. I think the the plan has always been to just like use the pieces I have, try and win some ETH, win some cards, try and turn those super rares into ETH, which has been a little bit difficult. Um, not everyone wants to buy your Sergio Santos super rare. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I knew that was going to be a, an issue with the liquidity of, of the going all super rares is that you can't just send them out the door. Even for like bargain prices, people are just like, eh, I don't want to, I don't need that super rare. So, um, but my plan kind of is to, once we get to Europe, is maybe try and see if I can swap some of those super rares for some rares, which will then allow me to sell them on. So it's kind of my path to liquidity, even if I have to take a bit of a hit price-wise on them. If they're not super rares that I need for my strategy, then I'll just try and try and move them on any way I can. Um, and yeah, the plan once Europe comes back is to run a really strong all-star team. I should have enough for a good 240 team and possibly a pretty good America team as well. So... And then, yeah, plan is to just keep hitting those thresholds. I've been building up thresholds over the last couple of months with the idea that I'm going to try and pick up some premium European players. Maybe I probably need another midfielder and a forward, um, you know, once the season gets going. But I'm not going to be buying anyone until September. I can be telling you that. <laughs> because the last thing you want to do is spend big money on a super rare that then goes and dies in Saudi. So Didn't you do that with Xavier Mercier? I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a reminder. This was, you know, before these young kids today with Saudi, they've got it easy. I did do with Hungary. That was, oh. my, that was that was my cross to bear back in the day. <laughs> the Hungarian league snapping up all the best and brightest. <laughs> now, you mentioned before you are saying about the Genk stack with Kuipers. Gent. Gent. Mm. The Gent stack um, with Kuipers and co. It sort of brings out what we were talking about today is, I guess, like, our stack's dead. Our stack's still... A thing, just given how many points you need to hit a podium, I mean, it's pretty well publicized that what you need to score to get a, a proper good reward now is significantly gone up, where I feel like stacks in the early days, you could really have great success. Because I saw on Twitter, like, earlier this week, they were saying that, like, even the worst teams, like the Chicago Fire thing that PSU fans had, was mm. like, once or twice a season, they're going to have that 4-0 win. So you're telling me there's a chance. Hmm. But do you want to win once or twice a season or do you want to... And this comes back to the idea of like, what do you want to win? Do you want to win podiums or do you want to be regularly churning out tier twos, tier threes, you know, that, with the occasional, you know, occasional tier one thrown in? I think last year, people who had a Benfica stack or a FC20 stack just cleaned up all year because it was just a combination of strong, dominant team in a pretty easy league and each of the players, it was an easy stack to make because they had really high scoring, so rare players. Like, yeah. even if you look at Ajax last year, they were pretty hard to stack because A, they never kept it in clean sheets, even though they're Ajax. They didn't really have a good midfielder that like smashed every week. Obviously, they had Tadic up front and he was, you know, reliable. But even like the defenders, there wasn't that like Durian Timber kind of overpowered backline that they used to have. So a lot of people before the start of last season would have been, you know, building up their Ajax stacks. And then it turns out it was actually Benfica and 20. 
who smashed. And I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are buying Benfica stacks and 20 stacks right now, but there's no guarantee that that's, those teams are going to be any good this year. So that's that's what I that's always been my issue with the stacks. I think you can't stack before a season because it's just too no. up in the air. Yeah. I mean, it's funny how you say some teams are more stackable than others. For example, Wolfsburg, probably not the most stackable team, you know. <laughs> I think we found out that you can stack and even when they win, we're like, oh, we're not even close to like a reward. This year I don't actually, yeah, that's a very good point. Even when they win, it's like, ah, oh, this year is probably a little bit better. Cherny's coming in, you know, Maxi Arnold's always, anyway, we're not talking about Wolfsburg right now. Um, but it is interesting, like, people forget that the season before last, Benfica weren't very good. They never kept a clean sheet. I remember because I had a Vatongan Super Rare and I had an Otamendi and they always lost their clean sheet like in the last, you know, 10 minutes or so. And they didn't weren't anywhere near as dominant as they were this coming, this last season. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are trying to like get ahead and trying to pick up their stacks now to save money. But I would almost argue that it's better to wait until the season starts, not just see who's in form because obviously some teams can start strong and, and you know, you, know, you can't judge a team based on the first few weeks of the season, but what you can kind of judge is how consistent their team is. And if you've got those locked-in starters every single week, you know, like Sam Fletcher, Hiroshima, you know, we obviously only own a Sasaki each, but we know every every week what that team's going to be. They're super reliable. The coach has come out and said, I'm not resting any players. We're going to win everything. And they're playing every single week and we're training to play every single week. So I think after the first month or so of the season, A, the transfer window will be done and you can buy with confidence. You can actually go to sleep at night knowing that, yeah. That's right. B, you'll kind of get a feel for how the coach is playing with new players coming in, new formations, like how is that translating to a Sarare score? Can you actually be confident? Because the best thing in Sarare is to be confident and just be like, I know that these five are playing. There's something tragic has to happen for this guy to be a DNP, you know? It's funny because you sort of get let, lulled into a false sense of security in a way because I remember there was a stage where I was having a real issue with DMPs, a.k.a. my Eduardo days mm. and so on and so on, whereas there was a little purple patch there for a while where you start to roll out the same team and you're not even – you not you do might do a small check, but you're not constantly scrolling through Twitter just to try and find any news because you just know that they're going to start. And, yeah. And you don't want that stress otherwise. No. Funnily enough – that Yokohama team has now been like unchanged all season. Like the coach has just been like, no, this is the team now. Whereas last year they were an awful team to stack because they changed every single week, even their best players. So you look at Benfica, you look at 20, they're probably going to have completely different teams to what they had last year. So I think stacking a team is can be good if if they are a reliable, in-form, dominant team because you don't necessarily need them to like – go off. You don't need a 5-0 win to do well if you've got five good Sarai scorers just playing on a strong team. Yeah, and that's the thing as well, because you look at Man City, mm. constantly dominating, Terrible team but to if you went the centre-back and the goalkeeper, I don't think they barely ever keep a clean sheet Yeah, at all. that's right. That's right. So, and, and, and that's where it gets back to with the full team stacks. If you don't get that clean sheet and the centre-back to go with the guys that smash, it's over. Like, yeah. You get 45 from your yeah. like, centre-back, you've Goodbye. See you next yeah, week. The five one's no good to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that is the, one of the benefits of Europe is that, A, there's more information out there, so you can pick your teams with a little bit more confidence, and usually there's less of that kind of random rotation that you get in the MLS that you get in, in the 
J League, that kind of thing. So, hmm. so I don't know. I don't. I'm I'm not picking a team just yet to like stack. I I like the look of Ghent, and last year they were very consistent with their lineups. So if that stays like that, and if no one gets a move, then that could be a team that I wouldn't mind getting behind, just because I've already got the Desart super rare. So you're going. Oh, I just wanted to touch on one of your points you made was it's funny how this, the the minor changes can have such a difference on Sarah scores. Mm. For example, if someone was the main man, but then they start splitting the duties. If yeah, you're Johnny Russell it. and you get taken off the penalties. But even just a, a small change in terms of moving further down the pitch, look at Tom Hay, for mm. example. Him actually playing as a proper midfielder higher up the pitch wasn't actually working Sarah-wise as well mm. for him. But when he plays deeper, CDM, he's yeah. actually like racking up the score. Whether that means he's actually playing better or not, mm. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, and I think this is a very valuable bit of advice, I think, for anyone who wants to play Soraya. Gather round. Not you, non-bred. And I, I know I'm certainly guilty of this, is not to just go off their Soraya data scores. You really do need to understand what their role is, what, the, what their role is within the team, like how the coach wants to use them, and how that affects their Soraya scores. Because if that changes, that's when you can... If you if you know the team well and you see that your midfielder who's been taking sets and been playing high up the pitch has now been moved to right back, you know you can maybe try and get out of that player before his his scores start to drop off. So understanding those teams and that's why stacking is good if you can hone in on a league, hone in on one team, just get to know them inside and out, which hopefully we'll do with Wolfsburg this year. <laughs> Yeah, we've got to actually watch some more games. I have been trying to like dig around the Wolfsburg forums, but it's all in German, so it's. Um... It's it's a bit of a struggle so far, but <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, and that's a good point. I, and I think I'm probably my own worst enemy in a way for not putting in the work to watch my players. Mm. Whereas it's a really good point when you're just relying on the scores. Whereas in the one team that I do watch a lot of is Austin. Mm-hmm. So when I knew that Jarisi was getting that move to more of like a number 10 role. I you was a bit like, good. I don't think this is going to work as well if he doesn't have the pieces around him, yeah. which has turned out to be the case. He's just doing Rabona passes to The no most unnecessary, unnecessary Rabona passes. Every week. <laughs> like he got that first one. Look, I'll admit the first one was pretty cool. It was a good through ball to, um, for Goodness or something who mm. stuffed up a shot. Last week, he's like putting a cross in for no reason. And my favorite thing is, is that when they cut up the highlight, they do the Rabona and they just cut it because it just goes to no one. Like it just missed everyone <laughs> at the far post. Yeah, cut that bit there. Yeah. <laughs> cut the bit where it just flies over him right there. Jassy Zardes is on his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talking of the upcoming season, um, I thought we'd start a little, uh, I guess, weekly segment or you know regular segment just in the lead up to the season where try and look at each of the different so rare divisions and pick out some kind of bargain bargain team if you're someone who's coming in with a a bit of a budget um this is on a rare level i think we don't really talk about limiteds because we've been (laughs) i think with limiteds it's a different kettle of fish you really do need the absolute superstars so I'm, i'm focusing on rares here for anyone who's looking to invest a little bit more um, the idea is to try and come up with a team for under half an eighth um, for each of the different divisions. So I'll do Champion America, we'll do Challenger, Second Division, you know, just kind of work through. So these are a couple of players that I've picked from the Challenger division that I think, you know, obviously you'll need some depth around these play- players, but 
as a basic team, I think this would be a good starting point for anyone who wants to move into rares. Now it's time for everyone's favourite segment. Podiums for pennies. Oh, you cheap bastard. So what we've done at the back here is we've gone with a Vitesse defensive stack, which I'll admit doesn't sound too promising. Doesn't sound that exciting. <laughs> they're not known for their defensive fortitude. No, look, they're a mid to lower ta table team in the Eredivisie, but they will still have the opportunity to bash up on some lower, lower ranked teams from time to time. Um, so their goalkeeper is, well, according to rumours, hasn't been confirmed yet, but keep it's, it's it sounds like it's a, a done deal. Eloy Room from Columbus, no way, is actually uh, signed for Vitesse. You can pick him up for about one point eight, uh, point one eight at the moment. You probably get him for a little bit less than that with a bit of haggling. Um, sounds like he's signed to come in and be the starter there. So I think that could be a, a good a good pickup. He's a good keeper, a little bit older, but. Yeah, it seems like a strange sure. move at 34. I wouldn't have expected him to be going to Europe now. Yeah, making his big move. <laughs> Leaving it late. <laughs> um, I think with goalkeepers, I mean, obviously, if you want a, a goalkeeper from a really strong team, you're going to have to pay probably more than half an eighth just for the goalkeeper. So uh, but at the end of the day, goalkeeper's a goalkeeper. You know, if you're looking to... This team is not necessarily designed to, like, again, win new podiums every week, but if you can be churning out tier twos, tier threes, tier fours, you know, you're going to pretty quickly make back that investment. Okay, so to stack with Eloy Room, we've gone with one of my favourites, Maxi Widek. Uh, finished the season on an absolute heater last year. Um, I think he had scores of like, where are they? Let's get him up. Get him up, get him up, get him up. Good Lord. Yeah, he's got an L15 of like, an L L5 of 86. <laughs> so he finished with scores of 89, 81, 81, 181. And I know this is what he can do. He can also give you a 10. He can also give you a 5 or a 22 in a 2-0 win um, <laughs> because he's a super attacking left back, uh, takes all the sets, takes all the corners for them. You know I love a main man. Um, and the reason I've stacked him with room is that, yep, some weeks you're going to just, you're just going to bunk out and, you get, you know, they're going to lose 4-0 and, you know, your game week's over. But... When they hit, when they get that clean sheet, when Widdick gets that assist or, you know, gets those attempted assists, you're looking at a massive score. You know, you're hopefully looking at like a 70 or an 80 from Room and then hopefully that 80 plus from Widdick and then you're absolutely set from there. So it's not going to be this, the best defensive stack that's going to set you up every week, but it's got that real upside that I think if you're on a budget, you really do need if you want to try and get up into those higher echelons. And you can sort of play the matchups as well. Yeah. If you know that they've got a really strong matchup, then maybe put them in a 240 or something like that. That's it. Yeah. If they're coming up against Feyenoord, yeah, chuck them in 240 and, you know, uh, you should be right. Okay. So now I think ideally I'd want to stay kind of in all within the same league, but that was probably a little bit tricky. Um, but I have got one other player from the Jupiler League, which is Jeffrey Harriman's. Always just kind of blows my mind that this guy's as cheap as he is. He's takes all sets at Mechelen. He's a good player. I've actually watched him play. He does look like a kind of a bit of a step above. Uh, he's not that old. He's just re-signed with them and through to the end of 2025. He's just very consistent um, and always kind of decisive dangerous. If you have a look at his scores there, you know, lots of greens in there. Uh, and even even without the greens, he's, you know, getting relatively decent AA, so he's not going to ruin things for you. So these are the kind of players that I love that are like, they play the same role as, you know, a Kokchu, 
not on a, as strong a team, but they've still got yeah, super decisive, um, you know, capable, you know, week in, week out. So, Jeffrey, get him in. Alongside Rob Scoose. Yeah, Rob Scoose. Well, he took the set pieces off Rob Scoose. Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of sharing duties this year because Rob Scoops was injured for most of last year. So Rob Scoops is another one that would I would say is probably a pretty good pickup. Don't as well. sleep on Rob Scoops. Don't sleep on Scoopsy. <laughs> okay. The other midfielder, so I've got two midfielders in this. Uh, again, looking for that real high upside. Uh, Eden Visca is my pick. So he's, again, another one of these players who... Injured for most of last season, came back towards the end. Well, he was, I think, like their MVP the year before when they won the league. So he's obviously super important to their team. He's just re-signed with them again, so you're safe. He's not going to go, you know, running off to Hungary. Um, Bakasitas was the main man last year. He kind of stepped up when Visca left. Um, there's plenty of rumours going around that Bakasitas will leave and go to another club, in which case Visca is back in and he's your main man. But I think the promising thing for me is that even at the end of last season when he was back, he wasn't on any sets. He was still kind of playing second fiddle to Bakasitas and he still scored really well. Still got some good AA, some good um, the scores there. Yeah, so he came back for a couple of games. Goals, assists, you know, good AA, like up in the 20s kind of AA. So for 0.08, I think that's he's an absolute bargain. And if we look at his price graph as well, Pretty sure when he was kind of at his peak, he probably would have been over a year ago. Yeah. So a rare, he's rare sold for 1.4 ETH back in July of 2022. So Football champagne's really hoping he gets back to his best. That's it. Yeah. He's got some. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 1.4 ETH. football champagne. Um, he dropped off, obviously, after his injury, but um, there's no reason why he can't get back to to some pretty high prices as well. So it could even be one that you flip, you know, midway through the season. Is flipping dead just quickly? It is for me. I just, I, it's, it's hard because I see so many opportunities like the Xavier Mercier where I'm like, that's, I know this is a good opportunity. Yeah. But I've just been burnt so many times before. But I've also had some of my best success stories have been players that I've just taken a punt on and they've come good because I just, you either watch them play or you know something about them that other people don't, you know. Like Xavier Mercier, no one's following his progress except for people who own his card. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we see those kind of updates, we're like, everyone's sleeping on Xavier, you know. Um, so you take those punts. Uh, I wish I could do it more, but I think my strategy over the last year has definitely been like just focus on quality. I think eventually I want to try and move into getting quality players that are like, evergreen so players that are already at the top of their game playing for the big clubs in the premier league you know barcelona etc etc that's kind of my end into goal. miami into miami exactly my goal is to get those players where it doesn't really matter what their situation is they're going to be kind of household names they're going to have some value um because i think where we're both at, at the moment is these players that as soon as they their situation changes, they're just dead. <laughs> yeah, completely relied on the scores. Yeah, yeah 100%. Exactly. So that's I did, a long-term view is to get away, get into that and away from where I am currently. But, yeah, to answer your question, I don't think flipping's dead, but it's certainly – I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, like flipping used to be so much more of a thing when prices were just crazy because you could just pick up anyone who had a knee injury – you could buy them and then you knew they were going to be like eight times the price. Whereas now 
people do factor in a little bit more about like, is this actually a good player or not? Yes. And I think because the, the demand's not there, it's not like people are just snapping them up left, right and center. Mm. I mean, you look at Mercier, like that news has come out that he's leaving a non-covered league. Mm. If that was a year and a half ago, oh. his super rare, even though like moon. people not even bought it, but it's, it's floor would be well up. Whereas like we go, Oh, big news. He's coming out of Hungary. And I looked and it was like lower than what it was two days ago. And I was like, <laughs> Because but I've been burnt from flipping. I mean, I bought Joseph Martinez because I said, "Oh, when Lionel Messi signs for him, his price will skyrocket." Mm. Lionel Messi has signed for them. He's done the thing that we weren't sure was going to happen, and he's still worth nothing. Yeah, I think that is you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, you can predict what's going to happen, but you can't predict the prices going up as you used to be able to. Yeah, you could rely on it in the yeah. past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's too much, too much risk. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty, so final puzzle piece in this challenger team is uh, Thibaut Summers from Circle Bruges. Uh, Circle Bruges um, fits all the bills for me. Really, he's under under point under point one ETH. Um, good AA, you know, regularly hits that kind of 14, 15, 16 AA. Um, pretty decisive, capable. He's twenty four. From all accounts, he's not like on the move anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I think as a forward, you want that player where when they score a goal, they're going to be scoring 80, 85. Like you just need that from your forward. You, if you're playing on a budget, you need someone that's going to have the capability of hitting those high scores. And this guy does it, you know, if you look at those scores, pretty much every second week he's hitting an 80 or an 83. So yeah, very solid player. Probably what I'm going to look into, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, might, the there may be some like transfer risk priced into that i don't know i haven't followed him that closely but you know looking at those scores that's <laughs> you know you pay a lot more for something like that in champ europe so yeah so that's my team we've got the vitesse stack Harriman's from Mechelen. you could also sub in scoopsy if you wanted to or have him as depth that's the old scoops yep eden visca is one where i think he's i think he is his price is going to rise once he kind of gets back to doing what he's doing with full health uh and then yeah tebow summers up front yeah, it's interesting, I think, with the stacking. The defensive stack obviously makes sense, but I don't hate the idea of bringing people in from other leagues. I think if you're trying hmm. to just pull from the same team, like, again, you might be trying to make something that's not there. Yeah, and I looking. I was looking at the European calendar and all the leagues pretty much play the same weekend. Yeah. So you're not, there's yeah, no chilly there's league not where rough. it's like yeah. they're off for <laughs> six weeks, middle of the year. Yeah, exactly. Come back, play one week, miss another two, you know. <laughs> And and as well, you don't have the issue is Visca is not going to have to come up against Rune. There's mm. nothing worse than when your forward is playing your goalkeeper and you're like, That's well, a very good point. I'm already fucked. <laughs> mm. There you go. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Have your forward in a different league to your, uh, to your defenders. Yeah. There you go. Otherwise, you're really pushing it for the Surrey gods. You're like, okay, I need him to score, but then I need a penalty save as well. <laughs> is it too much to ask? <laughs> Does we've, happen. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> Never ends well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, just looking at that, I think the European options are so many tasty options. And and now that the prices obviously are so low, mm. you really can get some of these guys that aren't the big names. Like That's obviously it. your trends are still going to be up there. Mm. But I thought for someone like me, I can actually like get some really good value. Yeah. And you can compete. There's like looking at Summer's scores right there. There's, that's no different to most good forwards on the platform. So, yeah, I mean... Obviously, you've got a bit of an ETH balance that's building up. I mean, 
the number of times I've told you to pull the trigger on a player who has since like moved on to Saudi or done something like left his club. So I think you're right to just sit on that little nest egg. And I mean, prices are going to go a bit ballistic when the season starts because everyone is probably a bit hesitant at the moment. So you can get some good value by taking the risk right now, but I think you've had enough risk for one career. I think we, we've spoken about this. Risk doesn't work well for me. No, Every risk I've taken has just worked out awful. <laughs> I could just imagine like how we would be feeling right now about the tennis if you'd spent 0.5 oh. half an eighth on him and we're like, oh. I think that could have been the final nail in the coffin somehow. I think There's been a lot of final nails in the coffin, yeah, but this one, true, yeah, still walking, you'd but... set the coffin on fire at the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, zero. Who knows, he might have a good move, but I have a bad feeling that could be goodbye do soon. Oh dear, oh dear, not good, not yeah. good. Okay, what's next? Well, I think going to some beige lows, sell haze. Beige lows, sell highs. <laughs> hey, ha, still can't do it. You really struggle with it. Baked on a buttery, uh, crispy crust. Beige lows, sell hay. There you go. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I think we introduced it last week, you were like, Justin Bijlow and sell Tom Hay. I was like, nope. Nope. Wrong. <laughs> Messed it up. Um, okay. I've got a couple this week. Um, on the sell hay front, haven't got too many. Again, it's, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of upside out there at the moment for players. I don't think there's too many. I, th- I guess the only thing you could be looking out for on the, really on the sell, sell hay front is, again, those players where you just got that feeling that they might be tempted by a bit of money. Um, you know, there are those players where you're like, yep, I can totally see you just making a massive money move, you know, like Lukaku. is a great example. Yeah, 100%. I would be very surprised if Lukaku doesn't end up in Saudi. He just fits the bill he for fits me. fits it, 100%. You know, he's got, he lives the high life. He's always got, he's always flashing the cash. He goes to the big name clubs. I feel like his ego couldn't handle not being alongside, you know, Benzema or Ronaldo and those guys over there. I think so. Although on that logic, though, every MLS player would be going because every MLS player is seemingly wanting to live the high life. They walk down like it's a red carpet on the way to a game. <laughs> it's like a fashion show. I'm glad you brought this up. I hate Oh, it's the worst. Pre-game fashion, yeah. like, show-ups where they wear their outfits to arrive to the game. Like I had... Sebastian Blanco's in his jammy. Yeah, just fuck off. off. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I don't need to see, like, you wearing a, you know, a pantsuit. Yeah. It just... To go into the change room. Like, what are you doing? It's literally from the walk from the bus yeah. to the change room. That's all it is. The car park. It's yeah. a red carpet walkout, like... It's so strange and it's completely different to Australian football where us, it's a suit. You wear like, although, you know, if you're sponsored by a suit, you rock up to the game in a suit. Do you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that weirder? Well, I know like Spurs had like Hugo Boss sponsored them and they all wore yeah. like suits like Man to City, the game. That uh, makes a bit more Man sense. Man City have all matching beige suits. In your... But that yeah, makes sense. That, like you're professional. That's right. It's more about just arriving in style yeah. as a team. Yeah, and it's like, it looks clinical. Whereas these guys, like he's got floppy hats on and... Floppy hats. <laughs> Drew rocking gold chains and yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, less like a football game and more like a some <laughs> episode of Zoolander. I hate it. <laughs> so yeah, but Okay, okay, we'll uh, we'll get off get off that soapbox. Okay, so the only sell high I've got for you this weekend Sell hay. Sell hay this weekend <laughs> is uh Orkin Kokchu. Um obviously 
big transfer over the week over the over the weekend over the summer um moving to benfica and don't get me wrong i do think he'll do well at benfica i think he'll slot into that kind of enzo fernandez role really well um i think he's going for like 0. 0.6 0. 0.7 at the moment i do remember telling you to pick one up at like 0. 0.18 uh mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> not that long ago but hey that. you know we live by the sword die by the sword imagine being a dickhead um could have could have gone to saudi yeah that's true that's true <laughs> let's just live with that yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he he was primed to make a move to like a chelsea or something like that you know benfica was like the best possible yeah option. he's gonna crush so the reason I've got him on my sell hay list is the January transfer window is not that far away. And look what happened to Enzo Fernandez at Benfica. This is true. Played well for Benfica, four or five months, had a contract with Benfica. That doesn't matter. Chelsea comes a knocking and I can just see Kotcher's fitting that bill. The only mm. thing I guess Kotcher doesn't have in his favour that Enzo did is that Kotcher doesn't have a World Cup coming up that he can go and like, you know, Enzo burst onto the stage, scoring goals. He won a of, World Cup. With he won Argentina. a World Cup, yeah. <laughs> but I just think Kotcher is one of those players where, like, Liverpool was looking at him. Like, a mm. few different clubs that had their eye on him. And I think Benfica, we know they love to turn a profit. I could see them very easy being like, hey, six months work, a couple of mil. Good point. I mean, it's a good point because it's, it's like a test. Mm. Can he match it at that level before someone invests on the higher stage? Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. So I can just, I mean... I think if you're spending money on him now, you're going to get a good at least what, six months out of him. But I just have this feeling that he could get a move. But this is why it would be less than favorable. This is why sell Hayes are so hard. It's easy for us to sit here on our chairs and, and preach to the people mm. and say, sell hay, sell hay. But then the problem is, if you're in that situation, you own a cock tube. You're going, yeah, but I've got this amazing overpowered card that's going to be great. <laughs> and like you lose the like long sighted vision of, you mm. know, all the horrible things that are going to happen in the future you just want to appreciate this nice little that's right bubble yeah. you, want to, you want to roll him out at least once <laughs> yeah you want to have that big dick energy of yeah like, absolutely got you, you know? yeah <laughs> every weekend got you. um yeah so look the, the cell highs are really just there to hey. remind every, the cell highs are there to remind everyone that the good times don't always last and that sometimes taking that profit and running is the best thing you can do especially if you can put it towards some more value options and you can kind of that's that's the best way to really grow the gallery value over time i guess when you say value options i guess you could almost say you could beige low you could just in beige low if you want <laughs> if you must if you must um okay well that's a great segue thank simon you. thank you um okay a couple of beige lows for you this week First one, Caden Clark. Uh, you may remember him from his New York Red Bull days. Um, came on the scene, kind of crushed it for Red Bulls. Everyone was talking about how he's the next big thing. Signed with Red Bull Salzburg, got loaned back to Red Bulls. Burst his appendix, didn't really see him again for the rest of the season. He spent all of last year at Salzburg. I think he played a couple of bench minutes, didn't really do much. This is exactly the kind of player that is primed to get a loan move to some, you know, uh, uh, lower table Eredivisie team or a Jupiler League team or maybe even back to the MLS, in which case Caden Clark, you know, could be an absolute smasher. So still pick him up for pretty cheap. I don't think I've seen any concrete rumours, but this is just one like the Xavier Mercier where it's like he's not going to stay at Salzburg this season. He's too too young, too talented for them to just waste him on the bench. Cool. Yeah, next. Any thoughts? <laughs> No. I don't know. I don't really know who he is. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I don't understand nothing today. It's, uh, I don't understand. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one on my list is Koki Machida. So J-League fans will know this name very well. He used to crush for Antlers. Um, he moved to Union Saint-Gilois in the Jupiler League a couple of seasons ago. Pretty much just played on the bench. He has had a couple of starts, and each time he started, he scored like 60 or 70 points on the Surrey front. So can be a so rare beast, just needs some minutes. They've sold both of their centre-backs, I believe, um, and the door is open for him to step in and, you know, cement a starting role. So Koki could be an absolute, yeah, crusher at the back for them this year, depending on how they go. And now the next one is one that we've, we've seen this show before. We've seen this show. Americans, <laughs> they crush it in the MLS. Everyone goes, how good's this? They get their dream move. Good for them. Hip, hip, hooray. And then they die. And mm. we've seen it. Tassi Cassianos, he's gone to Garona? No. Well, yeah, he's in Girona at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I actually put this one on the list because I was – he had that rumour to Benfica. That died down. And I'm, I kind of was – his price died down as well. And I'm like, okay, he's going to get a move somewhere. If Benfica's a kind of landing spot for him, you'd think he's going to land somewhere in a Benfica-type area. <laughs> so that's why I put him on the buy low list because I was like – Beige load list because he's not really that low, but he's in that lull of like people have forgot, have stopped talking about him. Now, I think as of like half an hour ago, it's been announced that I think he's going to Lazio in Italy, which now there's been rumors about Ciro Immobile going to Saudi. The like director of Lazio has come out and said, no, I'd rather sell my son. <laughs> this is my boy! Which is hilarious. That's a great um, quote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, there's no smoke without fire. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Mobile move on. In which case, Castellanos is coming in at a pretty attacking team in Lazio, in Syria. Could do well. I don't think he would. Yeah, maybe this is one for the Moon or Dune. Uh, yeah, definitely but, a Dune. Um, so yeah, he was a buy low until about half an hour ago. Now he's a maybe even a sell hay. I'd probably say sell hay. I think the Italy league's worse. I think he's going to struggle more. There you go. This is the first time ever that we've had a Bijlow turn into a Tom Hay mid-episode. Mid, mid Bijlow. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah. I mean, we've just seen it so many times. Americans, they go over, yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, they're still professional footballers, but, you know, mm, yeah, we move absolutely. on. We move on. All right. Yeah, so I think, yeah, obviously, first episode, apologies for the uh, video quality. Don't have our normal setup mm. that we have running, uh, obviously, here in the flesh, but yeah, both down in Melbourne. I'm sure tomorrow we'll um, go check out the heartbeat that is Australian football, Amy Park, home of Melbourne City, Melbourne yeah, Victory, Western United. Yeah, do a bit of graffiti. Yeah, might punch some babies. Wear a puffer jacket. Yeah. Live the Melbourne life. Basically live it up. But, um, yeah, no, it's good to, be, good to have you in the flesh, sitting in our little armchairs here. Got the Wolfsburg jersey, got the Melbourne City jersey, you know, bringing together our three loves. Um, I mean, week ahead, all looking pretty same old, same old. Yeah, I'm actually like talking about my strategy. It's actually starting to come together where like my mediocre rewards that I've been winning have actually pieced together. I've now got three teams that I can run. I've got a good 240 team, got a good 270 team, and I've got like a pretty poor America team. But as we know about America. It's a team. It's a team. <laughs> it's a You're team. with a chance. <laughs> So, um, so, yeah, so that's quite – I've got 
I've actually got more super rare forwards than I know what to do with, which is a good problem to have. So. It, it is funny in Serena that sometimes you go through periods where you are completely lacking. Mm. And I don't know whether it's you overcompensate or it's just how it comes and goes. Yeah. You've got too many goalkeepers, then you've got no goalkeepers. Yeah, I need mm-hmm. to get rid of some of these goalkeepers. Yeah, and then, oh, shit, I've only got one left. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like I've had that issue with forwards where right now I'm like, I've got all these mid-like forwards that are just like, fine. Mm. Whereas for a while, I was like, I'll just take anyone that gets on the pitch Mm. You know, but. yeah, no, love it, love it. What about you, Simon? Safety first, this safety weekend? first, yep. just rolling out the worst boys I can, keep those hopes <laughs> low. Um, yeah, I don't want to get the hopes up, it's might put me in an early grave. So. Yeah, <laughs> Marissa Pereira, I'm relying on you to love do it. your thing and get me 40 points. And I haven't hit threshold in two months. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I've gone close a few times with no goalkeeper. Mm. Um, Having a goalkeeper would definitely help the cause. Yeah, I think you're pretty much you're pretty primed to hit that threshold next week once Kodrikari is back. Yeah, we'll, for sure, we'll be on. But yeah. anyway, mates, best of luck for the upcoming game week, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Ciao.